Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including Mac OS, iOS, iPad OS, Watch OS, TV OS, and any other OS they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. So I'm recording this on September the 23rd, which is the day before iPad OS comes out, 13.1. And it's also the day before 13.1 iOS comes out. So iOS 13.0 has been out a while now, a good few days. I personally have not installed it, and I'll go into those reasons shortly as to why. But so far, we've not seen any major catastrophes from reports in forums of installing errors or bricking of phones and devices. In fact, so far, all things considered, the the very rushed rollout at the end from Apple, it actually seems to have been a pretty stable, pretty good release in terms of installs. Now, there do seem to be a a few bugs that are, are coming to the rise, maybe a little more than usual, but I'm not surprised because it does feel very much like it was rushed at the end here. And in fact, at the weekend that's just gone, on the Saturday, we got the final version, the release version of Xcode 11. And honestly, I don't recall the last time Apple released anything on the weekend that wasn't urgent. So I feel that goes to show the the sense of urgency and rush to get everything in order as iOS, iPadOS 13.1 comes out on Tuesday, tomorrow, after the day after this recording. Arguably, of course, they had to get the development tools out, not only so that developers can work on their applications, but also things like code signing and everything else, and just smoothing the path into getting developers to push out those updates and take advantage of some of those new OS features. So on top of that, um, I've not actually installed iOS 13. I didn't install any of the betas either this year because I, I rely on my devices too much, as I've spoken about before. But the reason that I'm not installing them just yet is because of the delayed release, well, arguably not delayed, but the October release of macOS. Because the problem is that I think people don't realize, and you really should heed those warnings when you install you know, iOS 13, which is that you're going to have some problems with cloud sync because your Mac is going to be a version behind. And that could cause you some compatibility issues. In fact, if you read the warnings when you install the iOS upgrade, it actually does warn and tell you that it's going to turn off some of the iCloud syncing because there will be compatibility issues. And for me, compatibility is key across such an integrated platform. And that's kind of the catch-22 here for Apple because they do such a great job at integrating across all of their platforms and making them all work seamlessly as one for us that any time they do something to disrupt that flow, like staggered OS releases, it really does become a problem and it becomes a noticeable problem. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people have not realized this is going to happen to them and they've happily gone ahead and updated their devices to then discover that now they've got an out-of-sync problem with their Macs. So that's the only reason I've not installed them. I probably will install the iPad OS uh, tomorrow when it comes out, the 13.1 on the 24th, primarily because I really badly want to play with the features in that OS, the features that I've been waiting for, like the USB drive connection, uh, dark mode, of course, is a given and that kind of thing, but also the widgets on the home screen is a big thing for me since I use shortcuts now to manage a lot of my workflows during my day, my, my professional day. 
And I think that for the while that it's going to take, I can live without the sync to my Mac because at the moment, frankly, I'm only using my Mac for Xcode and recording and editing these podcasts. Beyond that, I can pretty much do everything else I need on a daily basis for now on my iPad. So that's the game plan. And we'll have to see how that goes. Now, of course, you have a few days to roll back to iOS 12 if you want to, you know, Normally, Apple leaves us a little bit of a grace period to roll our devices back, but you can expect them to stop code signing probably later this week or the weekend, which is their normal pattern, you know, kind of a week after they stop code signing the, in this case, iOS 12 release. So at that point, of course, you won't be able to roll back. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back after the break, I'm going to talk about uh, what I think is the best way to prepare your iPad for the... Uh, upgrade and to to make sure that if anything goes wrong you have a fallback that works for you and gets you up and running quickly and I'm also going to talk about some plans that I have for getting into some Swift UI and some of those newer technologies time for a break break time over so if you are one of those people that's planning to upgrade the OS on your iPad on tomorrow or anytime soon I have a plan that I'd like to recommend that is sometimes overlooked. Now, of course, most of us are used to backing up our device in iTunes, and maybe some of you, you know, you no longer need iTunes, so you may not have even done that before. But what I recommend you do is you back it up in iTunes, but you don't back it up to the cloud. Go into the settings and back it up to your machine. And when you back it up to your machine, also check the box that says encrypted local backup, and it's gonna ask you for a password. And what that does, is you may not realize it, but it's actually going to back up all of your accounts and your settings and your logins and your passwords that you currently have set up on your iPad. So what that means is, for example, if you don't check that box and you back up your iPad and restore it, and let's say you go to your Twitter account, you're going to have to log in again because it's not going to be backing up those secure settings. But by encrypting the backup, it actually does encrypt and store those settings as well. So what that means is if you go back and restore your iPad and you go to log into Twitter, you're going to be logged in just like you were before. It really is the best way to make a a true clone mirror image of your device. Now, of course, it doesn't back up the applications like it used to because it'll just download those from the store. But it will remember all of the preferences and settings that you have for each of those applications as it installs them. So I really strongly recommend you do that just in case something happens or you decide that you want to roll back. At least then you can get back up and running again quickly with your device. So moving on to some of the newer technologies now that they're out in the Xcode final version along with the OS's, I'm going to start playing with Swift UI and some of the other newer technologies. And the way that I'm going to do it is I'm actually going to take my open source application, which is Codenotes for iOS. You can find that on my website, uh, peterwidham.com. You'll find it on there. You'll also find it on my GitHub, and I'll include the links in the show notes for it. And what I'm going to do is it's an application that I used a long time ago to uh, learn many of the features like core data and that kind of thing when I was learning to build applications. And I still maintain it now and play around with some things, like I did some dark theme and that recently. It's kind of redundant now, of course. So what I'm going to go back and do is I'm going to rework that application into the newer Swift UI and use probably some of the other technologies like Catalyst 
and combine. And one of the other things I have plans for that I always wanted to do was to have a Mac version. So I'll probably also start using, you know, the cloud for syncing. So not only will I have the the beauty of using Swift UI to quickly generate both the Mac and the iPad version, but I'll also get to learn those new technologies at the same time. And I think that's always a great way to to learn new things. Take something that you've done before so that you know pretty well what you want to do with it and you also know how you made it work in the first place and to then go and recreate it with another technology. It's always a, a great way to to know that what you're doing uh, works exactly as you expect rather than just stumbling along through tutorials. You know, it's nothing better than a product to make that happen. So that's something that I'm planning to do this week and I'm not sure yet but I'm toying with the idea of um, actually recording or streaming videos for that reworking and that building of the application um, as a, an experience to share with everybody. It's always kind of risky, of course, and somewhat intimidating to, to learn and share in public at the same time, but I don't know yet. I, I might do that. We'll see. Um, I'll, I'll let you know about that in the future. So that's it for this episode. I hope you're all looking forward to iPad OS tomorrow. I know I am. And probably, I'm guessing, 11 o'clock or mid, midday uh, Central Standard Time in America is normally when these things drop, probably 11 a.m., something like that. So I'm sure there'll be a rush to the servers, so I may consider it in the afternoon. We'll see. Uh, with that, that's the end of this episode. Please like and subscribe. You know, Feel free to tell friends and other developers about it. I do also have a Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com forward slash pwcom. Uh, all contributions are welcome and greatly appreciated. They help uh, pay for all the stuff that I need to make this content for everybody. And uh, with that, I will speak to you again soon. Bye.